In a world where the 80s ended before all the terrible movies were made, three brave role-playing gamers will do whatever it takes to make the worst movies possible. But for budgetary reasons, the movies are only in audio. These are the worst movies ever played. Hey everybody, welcome to Worst Movies Ever Played. I'm your director, Patrick, and this is part two of The Devil's Tramping Ground. Now, if you didn't hear part one, don't worry about it. I'm gonna recap it right now. Two Pittsburgh high school students have gone missing at a strange spot deep in the woods called The Devil's Tramping Ground. Uptight science teacher, Mr. Linnaeus, takes his worst student, the obnoxious bully Duncan, to the camping ground on an unofficial overnight field trip to find his missing classmates. They make a deal with a backwoods fiddle player that they'll stay in the tramping ground circle all night. But then little monsters rise up from the ground and attack Mr. Linnaeus and Duncan. When Duncan punches the fiddle player and goes outside the circle, things go from bad to worse. Let's find out how much worse. Let's get back into it. He has a confederate sword by his side. Sir, before you strike my student, I think clearly what we're looking at in the case of Duncan is someone who has been raised in an environment that is exposed to random and unanticipated acts of violence, and thus he doesn't have great self-control and decision-making. So perhaps, instead of escalating this, we could pause for a moment, discuss our disagreements with each other, and also get to the fact that there are monsters in your yard. Is the man listening to this? The man hears all this, yeah, but he's got his eyes on you. Okay, never mind. The man hears all this and he goes, We come from different backgrounds on this situation. I have worked with evil sons of bitches my whole existence. And I recognize Duncan to be an evil son of a bitch. And he pulls out his confederate sword and he's going to swipe right at you with it. I'm going to roll my strength and my weapon and you're going to roll your athletics to see if you can run away. One pass. I also have one pass. We'll let Ty go to the defender. He raises his confederate sword and then you roll out of the way and it hits the ground and he pulls it back up. He goes, oh, I'm gonna have some fun with this one. There's more low rumbling in the ground and six more of these things crop up. You, however, Linnaeus, are right there. One of them's going to attack you. He succeeds and hits you for one. Great. And the other three are gonna come rushing towards the outer edges of the circle where Duncan and the man are. Do I see that? Yeah, you do see that. So you see okay. that like things are running up behind you, and then you've got the man right in front of you with his sword out. Second one fails. Third one fails on Linnaeus. So Linnaeus nice. takes one damage from one that like grabs onto his hand that is stuck in the ground, and it starts going. It is now Linnaeus' turn. So I'm going to grab one of my seemingly unlimited supply of flasks and <laughs> smash it down on top of this little thing on my arm. Double. So you raise up an Erlenmeyer flask and then crack it right in the head and it goes slumps over. So the one that was biting your hand is now sinking into the ground nearby. And the other two are getting ready to attack me again. You have a moment here as the ground is moving. It's gonna be difficult, but roll your strength and you need two passes to see if you can get out of the ground. Oh, well, my strength of zero will, I'm sure. Hey, I got one. You need two. And nope, just got one. No, so you jerked it a little and you got further up, but it's still closed around you. So now it's really just your hand tethered to the ground, but you've actually got a little bit of give in your arm. Got it. Duncan, your turn. So I'm like squaring off with the man. Yeah. At the edge of the circle. I want to crack the man in the back with the baseball bat and I want the force to push him into the circle. Okay. Oh, good thinking. 
three checks. So that does double damage. You've knocked him for two, and he flies into the circle. <laughs> do you point up at the grandstands right after the swing? <laughs> I do. And then I go, All trying right. to get the attention of the monsters. And so the monsters look up, and they run right over, and they circle all around him, dripping that golden saliva. They're just snarling, looking right at him. They're super excited. He looks right up at him, and he goes, well, go to it, boys. And then they run right at you, Duncan. They run right at the edge of the circle, but they're just waiting for you. These things are your little pets, aren't they? Yeah, you could call them that. Yeah. Them well, now I feel want. like we've been tricked. Yeah, I also feel like this is a bit of a trick situation. Gentlemen, <laughs> I don't mean to tell a scientist and a simpleton how to do their job, but it is awfully strange that you would make a deal with someone whose name you didn't even know. Anyway, I don't know what the word simpleton means, but I don't like it. Here we are now, and I'm going to have at least one of you, but I have right both of your souls, I reckon. Here we go. And so now it is his turn, and he's going to take his sword, uh, and he's going to swing right at you, Duncan. Okay. It's a lot of successes. He does double damage to you. I have an ability where if... I am about to take damage that puts me on death's door, which this damage would. Mm -hmm. It's deflected by an object. Okay. So underneath my clothes, there's like a bronze medal. Like a sweet kung fu medal? You'll see what it is. I think you'll enjoy it. But his blade would hit, the, would hit that medal. Okay. So I wouldn't take damage that turn. But it would be like, oh, Oh, thank God for that metal. So his sword comes right down and hits you right on the metal. It's stuck for a second. He rips his sword back. The metal is still stuck on the sword. He takes it out. He looks at it and goes, Junior Varsity Wrestling. <laughs> Very impressive, Duncan. It's the only impressive thing you've done tonight. He throws it in the ground and the ground just sinks and takes it in. The three creatures realize they can't get to you from where they are, so they're going to go right for the next. Duncan, I have a new hypothesis. It makes me uncomfortable, but I'm going to try something. I take two of my scalpels, I form a cross, and I just shout, not enthusiastically, the power of Christ compels you? I'm not worried about him. Call off your dogs for just a moment. You're trying to convince us that you're the devil at the devil's tramping ground. I don't think this is that hard to understand. It's a little on the nose and also <laughs> preposterous that you're the actual devil and you hang out in North Carolina and you have a Confederate sword. Like, I understand the symbolism, but you're telling me that you're actually the devil. I just kept a sword because I think it's a pretty sword. Okay, so so then help me out. You're just a, a racist with weird dogs, or are you the devil? I oh, no, I'm the devil, but I okay, think this is great. a pretty soul. <laughs> so, Duncan, we're dealing with a lunatic who believes that he's Satan. I didn't expect to see the knight go here, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. This is a clever tactic, trying to convince me that I'm not the devil. That's no, no, very you're, funny. You're definitely not the devil, because the devil is a fairy tale. But these things exist, right? And then these three things are happening. One misses. One hits, one does double damage, so you take three damage. Linnaeus' turn. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, that hurts, and these things suck, but also I'm not convinced they're not just dogs you spray-painted. These are not dogs. You want to do anything? <laughs> the, 
Well, it's very kind of you to wait. I guess I'll murder more of your spray-painted dogs. They're not dogs, but I understand what you mean. So I throw a scalpel again with my left hand and kill another painted dog. Someone goes, <laughs> and then it sinks into the ground. And then it's Duncan's turn. I've been very quiet during this conversation because I'm assuming that the man is looking at, uh, is having this conversation with Linnaeus, and I want to hit him in the back of the head with my baseball bat. Go for it. Ooh, fuck. Nope, no passes. So you were very quiet, and you were sneaking up, and you swing the bat, and he ducks down, and he goes, man, you motherfuckers ain't quiet at all, are you? And so he poofs into some smoke and is gone. Very clever trick. I don't think this is Scooby-Doo. I think we have a real problem here. There's no such thing as the devil. Now, if you'd be so kind as to please beat these golden dogs to death with your bat, I'd be much obliged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duncan stupidly steps back into the arena. You can't tell where his voice is coming from, but you just hear somewhere out in the woods, he goes, I'm going to give you two what y'all came for. From the house, there are two translucent lights that have come out of the house and are beginning to make their way towards the circle. Are there still beasts out there? Many beasts. And in fact, it is their turn. When you swung, you got in the circle. Yeah, I did. Okay, they're coming for you. Good. There are four of them. One hits you. Okay. You take one damage, because they all kind of attack you, and they go, and then one just goes into your shoulder. Ah, this is the biggest test of my bullyhood. Duncan, does your father have a nickname for you by chance? Stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, stupid. I bet you can't kill all of those things. I assume this gives him some kind of power up, right? Like oh, it does. Bully rage. I think we could argue that that's pushing it to the limit. I am definitely pushing You're it to the limit. You're inspiring me by calling yeah. me stupid. Oh, right? stupid Duncan can't even kill a little golden dog. Oh yeah, yeah. You better prove me differently, Duncan. I think I will. <laughs> Thank you for doing that uh, because that heals Duncan for two, and it gives me two tokens. Nice. The ghostly lights are coming towards y'all, but they're not there yet. It is now Duncan's turn. I'm going to swing and try to hit as many of them as I can in one We're just going straight windmill here. For the first two, I get full. Mm -hmm. And then for each additional one, I lose one die. I'm going to try to hit two to start. Three checks. So two of them go, and they go flying. Did they get knocked out of the circle, or they're still in the circle? One gets knocked out of the circle and doesn't go into the ground. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ooh. But it's still dead. It's still dead. Okay, great. I have a, a thing called domino effect. Upon defeating an enemy with a melee attack, send the defeated enemy hurtling at another target within close distance as a ranged attack using your strength instead of ACC. So I actually can do the third one with full strength as okay. well. So the third one goes flying too. Two checks. Okay, so you knock that one out of the park. So it goes... <laughs> And then the last one, I lose a guy on. Okay. Two checks. One by one, you have smashed every single one of these things. Fudge! 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 Well done. I am the only bully! Now see if you can help pull me out of this dirt. (laughs) The specters start coming towards you. Mm -hmm. The specters float from the house, and the closer they get, you begin to recognize... Shonda Giles and Tim Calabria. Or at least they're like unmoored souls. You had them the whole time after you promised me you didn't? I'm so sorry that the devil lied to you, son. For something so on the nose, I reckon you ought to seen it coming. 
their hands are outstretched and ready to attack you, but their face is looking at you guys and going, Guys, just leave, just leave, just leave, just leave, just leave. Don't stay here, don't stay here. Just leave, just leave, just leave. Oh, they're saying it. They're saying it. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. they were just saying it with their eyes or something no, 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 like no, no, that. No, 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 They are saying, guys, get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, those two dorks' advice. Let's get out of here. I'm going to try to use my bully strength to pull him out of the hole. Okay, that's going to be very difficult. You need three passes. Yeah, only one. Okay, so you try and yank him, he's still stuck. Yeah. Duncan, I would recommend running. Now, ghosts aren't real, so I'm not particularly nervous, but I don't understand what exactly is happening. So I would get in the car, take the keys, and go get help. Duncan will grab the keys from your pocket, and he's going to run. He's going to run yeah. for the car. I'll accept that you've stolen cars. You know how to drive, but yeah. you're not great at it. Oh, no. Like, definitely re- like, not. Remember the last time we had teenagers know how to drive a car, and then they were like stopping and starting in yeah, he's the not, shared universe? He's not good at driving, but okay. he has driven before. As you start running, Proserpine jumps from the trees. Who's uh, Proserpine? He's the devil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thaddeus Proserpine jumps from the trees, and he hits you with double damage oh God. with his confederate sword. As you start running, he, like, nails you with the sword. And he goes, you made a deal with Thaddeus Proserpine that you were going to stay here. And boy, you going to stay here. Really? That's your name? Not too on the nose again? <laughs> Brooks, can you get out here and take care of this fella? He's getting on my nerves. The ghosts are coming, but now there's another figure coming out from the house. Where did Charlie go? Charlie's busy. So the ghosts fly into the circle. And they're right on you, and they're like, you really gotta go, man, you really gotta go. You, you can't stay here. As you can see, I can't really move. Also, please don't call your teacher man. That's not correct. I'm Mr. <laughs> Linnaeus. I'm sorry, Mr. Linnaeus. I'm also sorry I attacked you in the face. And then Shonda attacks you in the face. And she hits you with double damage. Oof. And then Tim is like, I really enjoyed your lecture on biology. Like, it helped me understand a lot of things, and I'm really sorry I gotta do this. And then he hits you for one damage. Now there are two ghosts right on top of him, and they're just going for it. It is now Linnaeus' turn. So I get a free move, which is I take off my glasses, and I suddenly have a realization. It's called the Epiphany, and I get to ask you a question that you have to answer. How do you kill the devil without Jesus stuff? You've been hitting him, and it's been working. This is a universe where I'm going to beat up the devil. (laughs) So I realize all of a sudden we zoom in on my eye again, as we've done in the past. It's now becoming a motif in this film. And I have a flash where I notice that every time we've hit him, it looked like it hurt, which only reinforces that this is a delusional weirdo, (laughs) not the devil. This gives me a lot of confidence because now I know the devil can be beat up. And boy, oh boy, did I bring a secret weapon when it comes to beating things up. And that's Duncan. (laughs) So that's my free move. Then I can spend a token to get a read on it. And giving a read on it allows me to ask, does this particular character have any specific weaknesses that I could exploit? In the particular case right now, the ghosts. What I would like to do is stop the ghosts from attacking me, but also not remove the souls of my students from the plane of existence we're currently in. Good news, bad news. There aren't really things you can do to weaken a ghost. The good news, though, is that if you totally destroy these two ghosts, they're ghosts and ghosts come back. So there's no point to kill them. Well, you can kill them and they won't be on you in this scene. So if you're worried about killing your students, you won't kill your students. Okay, great. So now I will use my actual turn. 
he is going to refuse to accept that the devil is real without more information. This is some kind of crazy optical illusion, or perhaps he's hallucinating from loss of blood from the dogs, but he also knows that ghosts, like everything else, hate fire. So he whips out a Bunsen burner, lights it up, and uses it like a torch to torch the ghosts. He's gonna torch ghosts! We're torching ghosts! Holy shit! For a man who doesn't believe in hell, I had a hell of a roll. So you do double damage on one of the ghosts? Yeah, I mean, are they close enough that a conflagration would affect both? I'll say this, because you got double damage, you can either give it to one of them, or you can give one to each of them. One to each, please. So each ghost takes one damage. And are they on fire? Yeah, they're on fire. I mean, it'd be really poorly done in this film, but go on. So Mr. Thaddeus, with the preposterous last name. Prosopine. Yeah, preposterous. In most general ideas of the occult, ghosts are made of a kind of plasma. As you've seen, this one has ignited with butane, which is much, much too low to encourage a plasma. Are you the type of virgin that just goes around saying this all the time? I'll have you know that I'm a specific kind of virgin, and that is that kind of virgin. It is now Duncan's turn. Duncan is on the ground from having been hit. I'm doing a move, okay. so I'm turning in two tokens. I bring myself back up. It's clear I've been like emotionally affected. And I say, my teacher doesn't, but I believe you're the devil. Oh, wow. All my life, people have called me the devil's son, devil boy, boy from hell. And I can feel it. I'm connected to you, misty-eyed. I just, can I join you, my dark father, as an acolyte of Satan? You're wasting your time. He's just a Confederate weirdo. I... Frank gets a token for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, so Duncan, I heal one, but I am making a plea to Thaddeus. Can I join Satan's ranks? Okay. He looks you in the eye and he smiles. You don't have a choice, son. And then he runs into the woods. So it is now the ghost's turn. One of them is going to attack you. They're both going to attack you, actually. They go, Mr. Linnaeus, we're really sorry, man. We can't We can't stop this. Again, please, not man, just Mr. Linnaeus is fine. D uh, double damage from one of them. Double damage from the other one, too. You get hit twice with the this kind of, like, ghostly claw. So I'm now very, very hurt. I'm out of hearts. I am on death's door. I'm at nothing to lose, and I get an additional D6. Right. For every hit you take now... If you take three more, you are dead dead. And everybody else is not going to see you as a threat. Tim and Shonda are not happy about having slumped over their teacher like this. And they start moving towards Duncan. We're going to put Brooks in now. He's been coming up from the house. But now one of the large dudes in the overalls and the buttoned up shirts. This guy doesn't have the same look that Charlie had. This guy... Is, is larger, and then you can tell, like, under his shirt are two wings that are folded up. They're just kind of, like, sticking out of the shirt. He sees Linnaeus on the ground and doesn't see him as an immediate threat, but he does see you. He's going to start heading towards you as well. That'll be his turn. It's now you. Okay. I'm going to go continue my run to the car. Okay. You start running to the car. You will outrun. You'll certainly outrun the ghosts. You and Brooks actually have to have a contest. So Brooks is going to chase you. 
You and Brooks are both rolling athletics to see if he can basically keep up. He got two checks as well, so he's right behind you in hot pursuit. Okay. The ghosts cannot keep up. So much so that they actually stop trying. What's your next move? Going for the car. You're going for the car. Let's say one more round of this, and then we're at the car. Okay. So we're going to do another contest. Two checks. Only one check. So Brooks trips over a branch, and he falls behind you by about 10 feet. I have the keys. I am opening the door, and I am getting in the car. Okay. Let's see if Brooks can catch up to the car. Brooks catches up to the car, gets on top of the hood, and slams down on the hood. I'm going to start the car. (laughs) Brooks is going to try and punch a hole through the windshield. Okay, can I do that faster than he punches the hole through the windshield? Well, you're starting the car. Yeah. He manages to punch a hole right through the windshield, and he's actually grabbed onto the steering wheel. I'm going to grab his hand and uh, his arm, and I'm going to push it as hard as I can into the broken glass around the windshield. You want a strength roll? a strength roll, yeah. It's become a horror movie yeah, really I know, fast. Yeah, it became intense. Sorry, guys. No, it's fine. One pass. So you hit him. <laughs> Let's remember, there's levity here. He hangs on. So okay. he, he goes, Aah! ain't going to let go, son. I'm going to do it again. Okay, well, hang on. He gets a chance to attack again. He's going to try and punch through with the free arm. He succeeds and punches through with the other arm, and now that's on the steering wheel, too. I'm going to take his other arm and push it into the glass as well. Three passes. You hit him for double damage, and he is real hurt. Veins and shit. You Let's know? see if he's able to hang on. He lets go with that arm. It's The pain's too much. So his human face wipes away, and it becomes a demonic face all of a sudden. He just screams in your face, filled with teeth. There's seven tongues that come lashing out, and it's licking all over your face as he does it. What is your strength? Plus five. Well... Great news for you, you're not scared. I'm the King Bully. I don't care how many teeth you have. I'm King Bully! His demon face goes away, and he looks right at you, realizes you aren't scared, and he goes, Hey, you want to join up? That's what I've been saying recently. All right, is your move. Is he still holding on to... Wait, uh, could he still join up? Is that an option? <laughs> Let me think about it. I'm going to push the arm into the glass as soon as the other arm into the glass as far as it possibly can. And cut it off with the yeah, windshield. basically, I cut it off okay. with the windshield. Try and... Three passes. Three passes. You hit him for double damage. You actually cut his arm right off. His body slumps over, and he's dead. Yeah. All right. And then... You just killed a demon. <laughs> yeah. You know, just an average day for an above-average bully. We're going to go back to Linnaeus, because it's your turn right now. Great. The ghosts are headed back to the house. I am going to investigate everything around me. <laughs> so shit. For any way to get my hand out. Two passes with your intelligence to see if you can find a way out. One pass. I only got one pass. You're looking at the ground and you're trying to make sense of like how this ground works you can tell it's quicksand ish and you can tell it seems to be based on some sort of trigger there is a way to release it proserpine not in the circle comes and looks at you you can just give in right now and i can get you out of there if you're willing to become an unmoored soul like the students i can get you out of there Do I have to believe that you have the ability to do that for real? No, in fact, you may have well heard that the uh, greatest trick I ever played was making the world think I didn't exist. So no, you don't have to believe in me. 
So I could say, let me out of here, and I'll be an unmoored soul, without losing the faith in my one true belief, which is science. Oh, by all means, nothing, nothing would please me more if you continue to believe in science, and then I, I, if I could unmoor your soul and get you out of the circle. Yes. Interesting. So tell me the unmoored soul process. What is that like exactly? Well, the unmoored soul process is uh, you agree, you give me a verbal agreement, and then I'll unmoor your soul from your body. Right. And how does one unmoor a soul from the body? What well, it's a bit technical, for, especially for people who believe in science. Got it. Got it. Okay, so while all this conversation's happening, what Linnaeus is trying to do is figure out if he can jump deeper into the ground. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. I like this idea. Are you trying to go to hell? Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> what Brent is trying to do is go to hell. What Linnaeus is trying to do is escape the trap by going through the trap. Okay. All right, great. I'm going to let you try and use your intelligence to figure out if the guy who doesn't believe in hell can find a way to go to hell. And since it's a scene break, you can use a token to gain health. Great. You know what? I've got a stack of tokens now. Here's what I'm going to do, Patrick, the director. Mm -hmm. Prepare yourself because I'm about to burn tokens until I succeed at getting into the ground. <laughs> okay. All right. I think this is rather difficult. Okay. I want to see three passes. All right. Here we go. Roll one. Two passes. Roll two. Three passes. Oh, okay. shit. All right. So Hold on to your butts, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Linnaeus has figured out that if he pushes into the ground, the ground will accept him. And so he's been trying so hard to pull oh, out of it. It's a Chinese finger trap. But it's exactly. a Chinese finger trap. Like, the ground very much works like a Chinese finger trap. Proserpine has said, you know, it's going to be real easy to unmoor your soul. You yeah, that sounds like me. a great idea. I love that. Let's continue talking about this. Oh, what's that over there? A bunch of vestal virgins? I don't go to church. <laughs> and he dives straight headfirst into the earth. I was not fooled at all by your vestal virgins. I looked at you the whole time. But that is not something I thought you could do. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, now, ain't that interesting? And at this point, I'm just wiggling down into the <laughs> into the earth. And so Prospine's just letting you do it. He's like, all right. Yeah, you go for it, boy. You just dig. You just, dang. It's that quicksand kind of liquid where it's just wriggling and scrabbling and scraping and going down, down, down into the earth. So while I assume he is very distracted by this unusual turn of events, <laughs> yeah. Duncan is going to start the car. He's going to drive. And I'm going to drive out of this area to try to find a cop. Duncan hates cops, but he figures if he pretends to be a whiny baby, he can bring them back to the circle where they'll either arrest his teacher or get killed by triples. So either way, it's a win-win for Duncan. You have to drive basically all the way back to Pittsburgh before you can find a cop because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. But you drive in and when you show up in the police station, the guy looks at you and goes, oh, it's Punch Nugget. Look, I know I haven't been a great kid. But my teacher is in trouble, and he's my inspiration. We were on a science camping trip, and I think he's really hurt. The man who lives there was really angry, and, and, and I think he hurt him. He told me to go for help. Roll charisma. Uh-oh. One pass. Two pass. Okay. Son, if this is anything like the time that you called... And I got on the phone and said we needed to put around an APB for Amanda Hug and Kiss. And then everybody laughed at me at the police station. I will not be happy. 
I understand, officer. And so the police officer, his name is Stans, Officer Stans. Does Officer Stans notice that the child is covered in blood, both golden and red, and is in a gremlin with the front windshield punched out and a severed arm inside? <laughs> he hasn't noticed the car yet. Are you going to show him some of that stuff? Yeah. Okay. See what that psycho did to the car? I just barely escaped with my life. And he sees that there's some weird stuff around. Now he's taking you seriously. He goes, all right, tell me what happened. My, uh, my teacher took me on a class camping trip. We're going to have to talk about Who's this teacher? Mr. Lin... He does not remember his name. <laughs> Mr. Lanubis. Mr. Lanubis. Okay, so Mr. Lanubis, Pittsburgh High? Yes. Okay, Pittsburgh High. Mr. Lanubis took you on a camping trip. It's Monday night. He took you... Who else was with you? No one else. He's like, so I just want to make sure I got this right. Your teacher took you alone to the woods. I'm so like, you could get your grades trip. up. <laughs> on a camping trip. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to have to deal with this pedo. Uh, <laughs> take me to where you saw him last, I, I, I guess. And so you guys get in the cop car, and you drive over to the tramping ground. Cop shows up. He sees the body of Brooks. So he believes you on that. He sees the blood in the circle. The man who lives in that house there, he hurt my teacher, and he tried to hurt me too. Okay. He calls in on the radio and he goes, listen, I got a dead body out here on Devil's Tramping Ground Road. It's actually right by the tramping ground. I'm gonna go into this house. I'm gonna force my way in, okay? So he kicks in the door. Inside of the house is very country. It looks really quaint in here. The basement door is open and there's a mirror in the doorway between the basement door and going down to the basement. Other than that, there's nobody in this house. I don't know where my teacher is, and I don't know where that man is. All right, we're going to take you back to Pittsburgh, and then we're going to send some cops out here to kind of take care of this body. The last time I saw my teacher, he was by the hole in the middle of the circle. By the hole? Is that a... What does that mean? Outside, look. Okay. The field is right there, right? With the big circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Duncan's going to lead them to where he got sucked so in. So Duncan leads them out to the hole. Yeah. And there's no hole. There's just the, the circle. The ground has smoothed itself over again. My teacher was digging a hole for science. <laughs> I was digging a hole for science. Roll persuasion again, and this is also going to be like a, like a twofer. Okay. <laughs> Not a pass, both times. Okay, digging a hole for science brings a lot of questions, especially as you start crying in a way that clearly is not your natural... Right. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's, that, that, that's not necessary. Look, like, come, there's no need to make up stories right now. Like, clearly something happened here. You just have to tell us the truth. Let's go back downtown, and you're going to tell us the truth, okay? Leave the car here. I'll take him back to the station. We'll get your dad... We'll figure out what's going on. Oh, good luck. <laughs> uh, and so you start driving back to the station. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm in hell. Meanwhile, A whole world that you spent hours and hours preparing <laughs> and creating characters and maps for. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Just below the surface, Linnaeus continues to try and push his way through this Chinese finger trap, but it is taking a long time. And eventually, you come out in a cave. Brilliant. What an interesting geological formation. It's warm down here. It smells... Must be near a natural hot spring. I smell sulfur. You hear screams somewhere in the distance. Well, okay, it's getting kind of unsettling. At this point, around the corner, Charlie shows up. 
I know you. You're the galoot from up top. <laughs> yeah, I'm the galoot. Hang on, let me take this off. And he just, like, takes off all his human clothes, and he's just a demon now. And he's just got big wings, hooves, and he goes, all right, Charlie up top, Charon down here. Let's get you across the river. Holy um, crow. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his pitchfork, and he goes, all right, let's move. Switch in the boat, and he starts rowing us across the river. The river screams as you row across it. Fascinating. What does he think this is at this point? He is so pleased by the variety of new and novel experiences that are beyond anything he's experienced or read about before. Great. For all he knows, this could actually be hell. And okay. He's so legitimately, he this is like an elaborate movie set or something like that. He's <laughs> legitimately fascinated to find out what is happening in this cave. Right. As he's rowing, he goes, "Y'all killed Beelzebub, huh? Well, called him Brooks up there, but Beelzebub down here. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, my my bully killed him. My thirteen-year-old bully murdered him. We gotta get that thirteen-year-old bully to sign up. That guy sounds great. We make a much better team than I anticipated. <laughs> all right. So you know how this rolls, right? We're gonna weigh all of your sins, and then we're gonna find the right level of hell to put you in. So it's actually pretty close to what Dante said it was. He was like really accurate about that, it was nuts. Amazing, and forgive me, this is all new and exciting, and you're bringing up weights and measurements, which <laughs> nothing could be more fun. Yeah, that seems like a good thing. When you're saying weighing my sins, you weigh in metric, I assume, yes? We weigh in harm you did to yourself and others. Right, but what is the unit? What does a unit of harm say? Look, I'm just a demon and like a boat guy. I'm the, I'm the boat guy, you know? If we set the parameters for what this is, I'm sure we could come up with it very scientific and very accurate. I mean, is this something we're going to titrate later? I have a sack full of pipettes back on the surface. He just keeps rowing and just lets you keep monologuing while he rows. You're on this side of the river now. Go get in line and we'll weigh your sins. And then in front of the camera comes a man in a white suit. And he goes, has this ever happened to you? Have you lost your soul to the devil and you didn't even realize it because you were too busy believing the devil doesn't exist? Hi, I'm the guy that puts all those chick tracks on the bus stop. And I made this movie because I want you to fully believe in the existence of hell. Hell exists, and if you go to the devil's tramping ground, you'll get sucked to hell. Also, if you look at porno magazines, you'll be sucked to hell. And if you teach high school science, you're definitely going to hell. Thanks for watching. All right, and that's, I think, the first movie we've done where you guys did not win in any form or fashion. <laughs> Look, I'm counting this as a big win for the Jeffrey and Brent team. In fact, I'm gonna say this is the biggest win. Because <laughs> yeah. although you went to hell, Neither of us, I guess, totally died, so right. that's a plus. I mean, look, we've stopped, at this point, we've stopped terrorists, we've stopped teenage Satanists, we fought tree spirits with owls. None of us have ever crossed the ethereal plane into the great beyond in our corporeal form. My guy just dug with his hands and knees to hell. That's pretty great. Well... Thank you guys so much for being here while Brent dug his way through a Chinese finger trap in the dirt and Jeffrey punched the devil in the face. That's Thank exactly you. how the story was supposed to go, by the way, right? Like those were yeah, the things you, were, you planned? Oh, yeah. It seemed always. like it. It seemed like you weren't uh, struggling because of our weird action. And I'm sure there was no way to save those children, for instance, right? And he had the violin, so I'm sure there wasn't any way to actually like trick or defeat the devil. <laughs> no way. Not a single one. 
Hey, everybody, that was the end of the movie. We're sure that it was death-defying, heart-thumping, tear-jerking. Thank you so much for listening to it. We are a new show, so it means the world to us when you subscribe to it. Helps us find our audience. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.